so awesome. Hello. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now your spirit begin to pour out over this place. That it not be what I say. That it not be what anybody else says or looks at or whatever. But that your Holy Spirit just really move in a mighty way in our spirits today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen means so let it be. Do you really want to let it let that be today? You want the Holy Spirit to move mightily? I, I, I want that. So, Lord, we just praise you and thank you. Dave, I know you got your toy up there. Uh, Dave Thompson, can you bring me down just a little bit? I don't want to scream at people here today. So, uh, we're kind of in that season. I can't believe it. Uh, Easter will soon be down the, down the pike here. And, and Palm Sunday coming next Sunday with Love Feast and, and Easter after. Um, but I, I found uh, myself unable to shake the fact that we had communion scheduled for today. And I thought, you know what, we always do communion. You know, every other month we do communion, but I really felt like I just wanted to touch in on that today. And so I just wanted to look at a couple things for, uh, just for a few moments. Um, let's back up here for a moment. The second book of the Bible, book of Exodus. That whole book is pretty much, and then the subsequent books following is, 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 is seeing a people that God had called, seeing a people that God had called who had been enslaved for 400 years, where? In Egypt. 400 years in Egypt, they'd been enslaved, and the Lord miraculously set them free. Now, here's the thing. The original aspect of Passover was a part of the 10th plague and, and uh, the blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over, pass over. But you know what? I, I, I want to fast forward from that to the fact that the Passover meal, the Passover uh, observation, observance in Jewish custom really is to cover more God's leading his people out of slavery into freedom. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, that's what Passover was. It's that commemorating release from slavery into freedom as God's people. Now, what, what the Lord said in Exodus 4, and I'm going to have you turn to a few scriptures here in a moment, but just follow me for a moment. In Exodus ch chapter 4, uh, uh, God instructed Moses, said, then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. You know, you got to get pretty attentive when you hear that kind of thing. This is what the Lord says. You ready for this? Israel is my firstborn. Israel is my firstborn. Actually uses son in some translations. It also equates daughters. Uh, covering all mankind. Israel is my firstborn son. Exodus 4.22. But here was the thing. What God was saying was, I want Pharaoh to know how I view these people. How did God view these people, known as the Israelites? As what? As his firstborn, as sons and daughters. He did not view them as creations that they'd better snap to it and get it together. He viewed them as sons and daughters, his children, correct? That's how he saw them. He wanted Moses to step up and say, hey, you got my kid, you got... God's saying that you got his kids in, in, in incarcerated. He wants them out. How many would do that for your children if they were wrongly taken hold of? How many would step in? 
Oh, come on. How many would do that? These are my children. These are my children. How many would make excuses as to why? Oh, no, they don't deserve it. How many would? No, we would still, even if we could come up with also, we would still do what was best for them, correct? Because they are our what? Children. Now, in this situation, it was still imperfect because there was no full connection between the children and the father. There was only these ongoing annual uh, sacrifices in the temple, these blood sacrifices of, 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 of the heifers and the doves and the lambs. That was all that was there to wipe away and atone for whatever sin was going on that year, but it had to keep going because it was perfect. And it so let me ask you this. If it was not perfect and it was not um, exactly what God ultimately was going to do, and he still called Israel his sons and daughters, how much more did he really want us to be his children? Do you follow what I'm saying? What I'm saying is this. You know what? It wasn't perfect yet, and he still went to bat for his kids. It wasn't even exactly what he, he wanted at that moment, but it was. He was still going to bat for his kids. Exodus 12, 2 then says, this is the Passover. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So what was the purpose of having the people of Israel follow this whole Passover thing? Well, the bottom line is this. I consider you my sons and daughters, says the Lord. And I brought you out of darkness, out of slavery, out of bondage, into the rightful place I wanted you to be, freedom. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget what I did there. But the Lord still had a greater plan. So all along, he's viewing these Israelites who were imperfect and all. Did, how did they treat the father most of the time? Not very well. But he continued to view them as sons and daughters. Yes, discipline, yes, we can go into all sorts of studies for the next 50 years on it. But you know what? It was still, he approached them first. We love because he first loved us. I'd ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And with that background, we just want to move forward here just for a moment. Just for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to start at verse 23 and move through verse 26. And verse 23 says this. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. Paul saying, For I received from the Lord... What I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for who? You. Actually, I'd like you to just take your finger and point your, and remember, so you, you're following me, for me. Do this. In remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And then Paul tags this verse on at the very end that we're just going to stomp over in just a little bit. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, in the Passover, in the Old Testament, within the Jews, there were really six elements typically on the plate. I'm just going to touch on the overview. There were some greens and are not greens, but kind of, kind of some different things put together. But the main things we saw in, in a hard-boiled egg and everything else, but the main things we see are the bread, are the cup, and the lamb. Okay? The lamb, we're symbolizing the atonement of our sin uh, each year. The actual lamb, a lamb shank, usually a lamb bone. Okay? Well, it's interesting, that night... When they're celebrating Passover in that upper room, they're sitting around the table. And on the table is the bread and is the cup. Where was the lamb? There he was. The perfect lamb of God. In their midst. You know what he was saying? This is it, boys. <laughs> this is it. I'm what you've been waiting for. Here I am. See, he broke that bread symbolizing his body. He, he, he gave them that cup symbolizing his blood shed. And guess what was going to take place within 24 hours? the lamb was going to be sacrificed. You say, well, what, was, what is communion all about, folks? I'm going to tell you what this is that we do every other, every other month, and sometimes we get into such a routine with it. We're like, oh, here we go, and we've gotten to the point where in the last hundred years, church has really gotten good about having people sit in their pews, facing forward. We've got these nice little plates now that are, I don't know, chrome-colored whatever. We've got all this organized, so we have our ritual of sending it to the front. From the, it's up for a lot of doing it. Everybody takes a bite. Everybody drinks, and I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying it's up for a lot of times it becomes ritual. Are you following me? It becomes ritual. But I want you to think what that original Passover was declaring. You're my kids, and I am pulling you back into what I created you to be in the first place. But the problem was it was imperfect. And then along came the perfect lamb and sat at that upper room with a cup and with, broken, with the bread. And he broke the bread, and he gave him the cup. And there the lamb of God sat. There he sat. It's done, guys. It's done. I want you to think about that. It's done. See, Jesus' death released us from sin. How many think, sit around and say, oh, Jesus died for our sin? Yes, he did. But I believe Jesus died more so for our freedom. 
I, I don't think anybody caught that real quick. Yes, Jesus died. Had he not died, we'd have no way for forgiveness of sin. Absolutely. So yes, he did. But we forget he also died for our what? Freedom. To be that which God created us to be. See, I'm going to tell you what. There's something that we really miss. And please just follow me just for a couple seconds so we can move on to this. I think we've got a whole idea of God doing his thing in us. But so oftentimes we don't have a concept of how God views us from the get-go. We don't realize that God truly does love us. He does not love our sin. And his holiness causes the fact that he, there must be judgment over our sin. And that meaning, without him, we can do but experience the only thing we deserve, and that's hell. But see, Jesus didn't get up there to get us completely out of hell as much as, yes, 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 follow me, as much as eternity. And eternity has everything to do with being what God called us to be in the first place. His what? Sons and? He called us to be his son. You know what eternal life is? Knowing the Father. Why? Knowing the Father. This is eternal life. As his son. As his daughter. And this is eternal life. That you may know the Father and the one whom he sent. John 17, 3. I love this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 says this. His unchanging plan. I like it when God has that word unchanging next to it. Aren't you glad God doesn't change? You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His unchanging plan for Alex Woods, his unchanging plan for Dave Cash, his unchanging plan for, for, for Tommy Madison, his unchanging plan for Harley Weaver, his unchanging plan. I want you to get that in your mind. His unchanging plan. And you're like, Dave, come on, we get it. No, I don't think you do. Oh, I screwed up. Oh, I messed up. I'm never going to get it. His unchanging plan. Anybody? His unchanging plan has always been, and here we go, to adopt us into his own family. By sending Jesus Christ to die for us. I've shared this before, but I want you to get this again. Back in Roman times, <laughs> it was really different. You had, you know, a nobleman had offspring. They had sons. They had daughters. But they considered them not a choice. They considered them to be oftentimes stuck with. <laughs> Sure, at times we felt that, right? No. But these noblemen would find, especially a young man who had no parents, or maybe did have parents, but would legally adopt them so that they could be their chosen heir. Legally, an adopted son in Roman society had more rights, had more power than a biologically born son. 
Did you catch that? And see, these are kind of, this, this is the day and age and when it's, it, it was being written 2,000 years ago. So when Paul writes down to the church in Ephesus, says, hey, his plan has always been to adopt us into his family through the death of Jesus Christ. And he did this, continuing the verse, because he wanted to. Oh, is it, is it, everybody's just, wanted to. He heard what I'm saying. Because he wanted to. He wanted to. He wanted to adopt you. In other words, he chose He chose us. Are you grasping this for a moment? You're saying, what's got, this got to do with communion? I'll get there. I'll get there. He chose us. Romans 8 says, you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. No. You received a spirit of adoption. That's the second time you see this word adoption in Scripture. You received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. He came, yes, for the forgiveness and atonement of your sin, but also that you may have the freedom to be who he created you to be in the first place, his son. His heir. <laughs> Are you following me in any way? Yeah. See, here's the problem. Many of us, we get this idea of pressing forward in this life of Christianity, but I'm going to tell you what, there's going to be a lot of us involved in it unless we realize where we already are when we start. When we say yes to Jesus, suddenly we are being what? Adopted. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, we are being what? Adopted. Philippians 1, 7 says, what I have begun, I will what? Bring to completion. So I'm going to tell you what, if you're trying to walk the Christian life without realizing you have been adopted and that the Father really does love you and really is cheering for you, then what's the Christian walk going to be like? Oh. oh, man. I'm just not reading my Bible enough. Oh, man. Dave Thompson looked at me again. I want to beat him senseless. Oh, God, forgive me. I screwed up again. He sits up here. I'm sorry. This is, he needs to move to the back so I don't pick on him so much. No, I'm just joking. Uh, when we realize where we stand with God from the get-go, when we say yes to him, boy, what a joy it is then to walk the Christian walk. What a joy it is because I realize, oh, God, I've messed up. But wait, you love me. You didn't just write down on a tally sheet that I screwed up today. <laughs> oh, wow, that was good. I like that. Together they said, thank God. <laughs> Amen. Where's very clear. It says, oh, Lord, I fell flat on my face today. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the word's very clear. It says, look, you've not been give, given liberty to sin. You're giving, being given liberty, really, to be what God created you to be. His child, his vessel. So when we take hold of the fact of where we stand, holy cow, guess what this is? Guess what this is? 
This is commemorating the day that our adoption papers were signed up, were, were filed. Are you, are you hearing me? This is what this is. Why do you think he said, do this in remembrance of me? Because how many of us forget how God views us? How many of us forget what God thinks of us? How many forget that our sin was stuck to a cross 2,000 years ago? I can't even fathom what my Lord and Savior went through that day. This here commemorates when I take part in this, I'm remembering what my Jesus did. His broken body. His blood shed for me. That I may be forgiven of sin. Amen? But also, come on now, also. Also, that the adoption papers got written up. The adoption papers got written up. And so now you know what? I'm his son. And I can begin walking this Christian walk. I can begin walking and knowing if I fall flat on my face, you know what? He loves me. And he says, all right, my son, back up. And I love the fact, I believe it's in Titus, it says, His grace teaches us to say no. His love teaches us to say no. So should we hit a wall? Should we trip? Yeah, His love teaches us to say no. You know, last night I, I was, uh, it's one of those things I was going, Lord, what do I preach on tomorrow? Because I feel like you've just been speaking to me personal things going on in the Word this week. So it's not having. But then it just suddenly reminded me, hey, why are we taking communion tomorrow? Just show me, like, why are we taking communion tomorrow? That I may remember <laughs> that I am your son. And you adopted me. You chose me. When I said yes to you, you signed on the dotted line. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. So what I love here, at the end of verse 26, it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Who are we proclaiming the Lord's death to? Two people. Who are, we, who are we proclaiming our, the Lord's death to? Two people. Ourselves, because how many know we need to be reminded? And guess who else we're proclaiming it to? Everybody else, you want to know why? Because this right here is a witness to all the orphans of the world. Did you hear what I just said? There's a whole lot of orphans sitting in churches these days. There's a whole lot more sitting out there that have yet to truly grab hold of that they are what? 
and they are God's. You know, what's an unbeliever? An unbeliever is someone who can't believe in any way, shape, or form this personal thing here. And it really keeps them in an orphan state. When we take part in this and don't make it a ritual, <laughs> but say, oh, man, thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I am your adopted child. Thank you. I am your son. I am your daughter. Thank you. Do you know what that's saying to everyone else? Hey, I want you to know you are a child. You are a child. Amen? 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 So why don't we do this? Let's just bow our heads. I'm going to ask all my servers to head on up here, and we are just going to commemorate today what God has done. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, that, oh, Lord, what you have begun, you'll bring to completion. I want to thank you, Lord, for you came to set captives free, it says. And I want to thank you, Lord, for that. God, I just ask you in the name of Jesus that you would take hold of every heart, including my own here. And Lord, we would experience your freedom today. The freedom of who we are in you. When we say, yes, Jesus, we believe. We believe. Thank you, Lord. find it interesting. When we gather together in this time of communion, it really is ultimately, it really is ultimately us as a body of believers saying, hey, we're in this together. Does everybody understand that? You're chosen together. Lord, we're in this together. So we do this together. Thank you, Jesus. How many here are excited about the fact that your brother or sister sitting around you if they are in Christ, they were chosen by him as son or daughter. How many are excited for them? Are you excited for them? I mean, oftentimes they say, oh, I'm excited for me. Are you excited for them? See, that's what communion is. That's like gathering together and doing this, remembering what it is that he has done. Hallelujah. Let's sing that together. Oh, gee. 
thank you, Jesus. We just praise you and we thank you, Father. So he took that bread, he broke it, he said, here's my body. I am the lamb, here's my body. It is broken for you. It is broken for you. Because I love you. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take an eat. bigger triggers that was going to, I realized uh, one of the bigger things is that the Lord just began to speak this to me yesterday in a heavy way. Anybody ever gone to Tractor Supply or anywhere and bought a little, one of those little chicks? Anybody ever done that? I was in the other day getting a feeding trough for some older chickens or, or growing chickens that we have and uh, I walked over to look at the little chicks, and there were two that were being, they were very weak and getting run over and getting squashed and getting sat on, and one had already passed, and so the guy walked over, and you know, they have to deal with all the time, just read, so he took back, there was the, I tried to protect this guy all day, but it just didn't work, and he, and so he took back, there was the other little one, and there I stood, I was only there to buy a feeding trough. I was only there to buy a feeding trough, that's all I can say. And I stood there, and I'm not lying, I stood there, I stood there for probably five minutes watching this little guy, and almost by will, trying to make sure that the other ones wouldn't stomp on him. And uh, <laughs> finally I looked at the guy and said, I can't take this. How much do you want for him? I can't do this. He's broken, he's weak, he can't fend for himself. It's nothing but doom for him or her. Nothing but doom for her. And he reached in and he pulled it up and put it in a little box for me. I took it over. And I bought that little chick for a price. I got sharing that today. Or yes, last night with myself and the Lord and just talking about it. And I just thought, Lord, I just want to thank you, Father, that I was in a big old barrel, weak, unable to fend for myself, being squashed by life, and you chose me, and you paid a price for me, and I'm now your son. Amen? Isn't it weird how the Lord takes little things and just says, okay, now do a sermon on this thing. 
I will be honest with you all because I want to tell you the rest of the story. And this is the only reason why I didn't share it until now, but I didn't want to do it with my kids here, but there's a couple there, the older ones are here. A little girl died this morning. But she had 48 hours of nothing but being spoiled rotten and being held and being loved and being cuddled. You know, how do you cuddle a little chick in your hand? Easy. And I'm so thankful that my Lord picked me up that day. Is anybody thankful that the Lord picked you up that day? Paid a price for you? Yeah. You all may come forward. we thank you so much for shedding your blood the atonement the washing away the forgiveness of our sin that Lord we we may be set free to be who you called us to be thank you Jesus we praise you in Jesus name let's take and drink praise you and we thank you. Thank you. We praise you and we thank you, God, for who you are. We give you glory. We give you honor. Is anybody glad today to commemorate you being brought out of slavery and taken into freedom? Anybody glad about that today? Lord, we just give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And I thank you for every one of my brothers and sisters that know you. And I do pray right now, and before we close here, just for a moment, if there's anybody here today that does not, has not made a declaration to Jesus saying, I need you, my sin has kept me separated from you, I need you for the forgiveness of my sin. That I may not spend here separated from you, but also eternity separated from you. I don't want that. I want to be in the presence of the one that loves me more than anyone ever could. So if there's anyone here today, just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. And thank you for freeing me and leading me 
and guiding I to be what you've called me to be. I thank you, Lord, for every son and daughter in this place today. I thank you that we have an awesome dad. He is so good, and we want to give you praise. Can we all just stand right now and just give our Lord and Savior a hand, a clap offering, a praise in this house today? We love you, and we thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen.